Why is it so difficult to find jobs in the creative industry right now? Do you ever wish life had an undo button? Walking the balance between business and the creative life can be hard. But Matt and Shelby are here to attempt to answer the tough questions, so you don't need an undo. Presented by Made by Things, this is the Command Z Show. And welcome back to another riveting episode of the Command Z Show. Shelby, how's it going? Good. Jamming in Jamaica, you know, we're having a good time over here. What was that? (laughs) (laughs) I've been saying, I I love the phrase jamming in Jamaica. It's like, so perfect. It's completely out of place in every conversation. It's great. I like it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It threw me off a little bit there, but. I know. I'm, I'm with it now. Well, that's good to hear. Anyway, uh, we have some big... Uh, cr- now, y- you may have heard this before, but we're going to change things up a really? little bit on our shows. Yes. I didn't know. Turns out that getting guests on the show is difficult and arranging them is difficult. And um, honestly, we, we were just kind of, I don't know, missing the days of our old format. Uh, on the show, it seems. Matt just misses talking to me. Yeah, just a, just the one. <laughs> he doesn't do it enough during the day. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh man, we've already talked for at least an hour today, haven't we? At least. Uh, I think. Yeah, definitely at least. Um, but uh, yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go back to our old format here. We're still gonna have some guests on occasionally, but um, yeah, we're gonna go back to the whole idea of like, let's go to a question. And let's kind of dive deep into trying to answer that as as best we could. Can will, I don't know. Words. <laughs> so, um, that all being said, we have a question, shall we? Yes, we do have a question. Let's hear it. Why is it so difficult to find jobs in the creative industry right now? Yes, love this question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's not divisive at all. No. Um, I, so so let's first start by me saying, uh, as of today, it is November fifteenth, two thousand twenty-three, and this this has been quite a hot topic, especially for me over the last I don't know, maybe two three months, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. It kind of all started with. Um, well, I mean, first of all, I think we've all sort of seen that there's been a lot of creative layoffs over the last probably year now Mm -hmm. with a lot of companies. Um, we generally see that, um, we see companies first laying off the marketing advertising creative side first Mm -hmm. in general situations. Yep. Nobody loves it, but that's generally how it goes. Don't agree with it either, obviously. I'm a little biased, yep. but that's generally the first place that people start whenever they need to start trimming the staff on their team. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I think that it was within the first month or two of the year of 2023 that we we saw a lot of bigger companies start and then slowly it was some of the smaller companies then starting to kind of follow suit. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I guess I didn't realize exactly how 
bad it was until we hired on our team um, last month, maybe two months ago, somewhere around there. And I put a job posting out and normally when we put a job posting out, we might see between 150 to maybe 200 people apply for a job. And this time within two weeks of posting that job, we had over 410 applicants for that job. Initially, honestly, I was like, wow, this is great. Like we must have done something like really well to like be top of mind for people. And like, we've, I don't know, kind of built something that is a place where people want to work. Like, that's amazing. So my initial thought was like pure excitement of like, we're, we're doing it. Like, <laughs> um, but then I, I think I quickly realized that it wasn't, I mean, maybe that's part of it, but it seems like another big part of it was there's just a lot of people out of work right now and things are, I don't want to say that things are getting desperate, but for some people, I mean, they've been looking for work for this whole year. It's been months and it's definitely one of those things that I noticed while looking through the applicants where I'm like, okay, a lot of these people are just not even qualified for the position. Um, Like they just, they do something completely different than what I'm actually trying to hire for. But they're at a point where they're just like, whatever, let's just spray the resume everywhere and see what happens. Which I'll have some thoughts on that, I think, at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's a bittersweet thing to happen whenever there's over 400 people that apply for a job. I'm going through all the selections or all like narrowing down the selections kind of do rounds basically of like, all right, let's eliminate the people that are just not qualified first. And let's go through and look at quality of work. Let's look through, you know, resumes more in depth, look through these things. And it's basically, you know, it's a, it's a process of mm-hmm. process of elimination, basically, you know, until for me, it's, it's usually trying to land on anywhere from three to five people that I'll end up interviewing. And in those interviews, like, you know, the work is good enough for, for anybody at that point, it's then who do I think is going to be the best cultural fit on the team? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, talking to people that that's where things get really tough because it's like, man, you could pretty much just hire any of these people. I realize this isn't the question that you asked, but I'm kind of, I think it's getting there (laughs) Um, just into like some of the process of what it actually is to do this. Mm-hmm. So then in the end, you only make one offer to somebody. And it's it's crazy to think about. It's over 400 people, and you have to narrow it down to just one person. Yeah. And I guess that's, that's kind of where I'll start. Why is it so difficult to get a job right now? It's because so many people are applying for the same jobs. And... Um, you know, another reason that I that I bring this up is because, or that that I'm I'm glad for this this conversation, this question, is um, I've been getting a little bit of heat, I guess you could say, lately on LinkedIn for some of the things that I'm saying about just the industry in general, and just some of the advice that I am offering to people. 
-hmm. I did something similar where I kind of walked through the process to try to help people understand in a post. And I tried to offer some ideas on how they could stand out more. Some people received it very well. Some people did not. And uh, it's been, it's been interesting to try to understand like, wait, where is the negativity coming from here? Like, this is something that's very new to me mm-hmm. um, because I, I'm not a very divisive person in general. I, I don't try to be anyway. So to, to hear some of this stuff, it was just kind of eye opening for me. Like, wait a minute, something's, something's happening here. Not to say that it can't be my fault, but at the same point, it made me kind of look a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. And as I started looking a little bit deeper, yeah, I started to see that there's um, there's anger growing in kind of all creative communities or the whole yeah. the, the creative community as a whole right now. When it comes to people looking for work, there are a lot of people out of work. There are a lot of freelancers that work has completely dried up for them. There is a lot of studios that work has also dried up for them. It's a really weird time where everybody was riding high for the last couple of years now. You know, we, we were somewhat stable and then 2020 happened, COVID starts and everything stops. And then pretty quickly after things pick back up really I mean, relatively quick, they picked back up. Once everyone kind of got an understanding of what was happening, um, you know, people started using their budgets that they had. The economy sort of came back and um, I'm going into this also for a reason too. This Mm -hmm. seems off topic here, but um, I guess this is kind of going to the other end. Like why, why aren't people hiring more, right? And it kind of comes to this idea that maybe this is something that might be divisive here, but I, I strongly believe that a lot of creative companies overhired over the last two years. I would agree with that because they, something was happening and they kind of, I don't want to say overreacted, but they, I mean, they were looking at the data that they had in front of them and it told them that they are able to hire. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I, I think that really what's happening is a lot of the, the layoffs that happened happened because of that. That's, that's what I would attribute it to is that they already had a, a too big of a staff to begin with, mm-hmm. um, where everyone thought that they like figured something out. Like all these studios are like, Oh, we're doing it. Like we just grew by 20% this year. Like, Holy cow. Like we're, this is it. But in a way it was somewhat artificial. And this year, everyone sort of had to pay the price for that. And you see it a lot more in bigger companies, right? Uh, People like Meta and Google, uh, where they're like, whoops, we overhired. Let's, we got to lay off like 5,000 people real quick. Mm -hmm. And... It's, it's a little bit different, obviously, when it comes to some of the smaller shops when it's like, whoops, like we overhired, whatever. Um, but the thing is, like, there was, there was a lot of competition for, well, I guess 
there was less competition at that point, there was a lot more demand like, oh, no, we, we don't have enough workers in almost any industry. Yep. And then they start raising interest rates. And, you know, I'm not an economist and I'm not going to pretend to be. But that's that's it's this is all the result of the raising of those interest rates is that people can't borrow money for as cheap as they were before, which, again, kind of goes back to the artificial um, boom that we sort of just had was interest rates were lowered significantly because our government didn't want everything to come to a complete halt. Right. Exactly. Um so I, I believe that all these were the right decisions to be made, which probably gets into politics a little bit. But anyway, um, but they also had to increase that rate because of inflation, right? Mm-hmm. So as those those things go up, people are bar- are not borrowing money uh, as much as they were, especially large businesses. And when they can't borrow money, they start to kind of tighten a lot of those budgets. So again, to me, that's that's the simple part of what's happening. I think there's a lot more complex things, but all of that being said, we're kind of at this point where interest rates are going up and uh, so that money is becoming less and less easy to come by and people are having to lessen the budget with their marketing and advertising as a whole anyway. Yep. So yeah, it's this this weird cycle that we're sort of paying the price for right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't believe it's something that's going to last forever. I think it's especially tough for people newer in the industry because they haven't seen this kind of thing before. Yeah, And I think that's what's leading to a lot of this anger is they think that I'm speaking in general terms here, but it seems like a lot of people think that like studios are just pocketing more cash and letting people go because they're evil or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And again, I I get the anger. Um, I, I understand why people are pointing fingers around at like why this might be happening, but they're generally pointed in the wrong direction. And I know I, I don't think that any one like person or anything like that is at fault for this. This is just this is how a market of any kind works. There are ebbs and flows, and we are currently in a an ebb. I guess ebbs go down. Yes, I assume we right? we're in an ebb. Yep. <laughs> we're in an ebb. Um, an ebb. <laughs> so I don't. It it breaks my heart because I I graduated college in two thousand eight. That was the housing recession that we had. And it was also hard for me to understand, like, listen, like I'm really good at this stuff. Why am I not able to get into this career? Like, it's not, it's not making any sense to me. And it, it leads to a lot of personal feelings that are, it can be quite destructive, honestly. Um, It makes you want to just give up altogether because you're like, you know what? I can't make this work. I can't do this. Um, yeah. like I'm done. I don't want to do this then. Like I certainly had those days. So like, there's like this quote in Batman where it's like, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it's like, like you, you see the darkness now, but I was born into it kind of thing. Yep. <laughs> I don't can't remember the exact words there, but that's kind of like how I see it where it's like, man, like as 
I got into the industry. This is, it was in a very big ebb. And um, so for me, it was really weird to like get going into it. And it was just flowing and flowing for years and years there. Mm-hmm. And I think at a certain point you're like, oh yeah, yeah. Like we're good. Like this is always going to be good. But like, you know, what I always say is like good or bad, nothing is forever. Like it, it will change. Something will happen and you have to try to find a way to adapt. Um, so I, I guess for me, I'm like, that's, again, it, it breaks my heart for everybody that's like coming out of college right now. Cause I know how difficult it is or the people that have lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, I know how difficult it can be to have those scenarios where you have to try to figure out how to make things work, but you're not getting the opportunities. And again, it's, it's real easy to either one, take it really personally or to take it out on somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that either of those things should exist, obviously. And that's easier said than done. Um, but it's, it's just a difficult industry for everybody right now. I guess before I get into where I see the future going, what's you have any thoughts on this show? Yeah, I think um, something like from my perspective, because I did study history and political science and something that we see, and I mean, obviously we're coming into an election year. And this is probably the most divisive we've been politically in in our country, in our history, honestly, because it is so different right now. The environment is. Um, That's not helping things. No. You know, we always, there's always something that's going to happen, you know, a burst in the economy, a recession as we're coming into an election year. So that's not helping things either. Not to mention there's you know, on the brink of war, there's right. a lot happening worldwide right now that are making tensions very high. Um, it's, um, and I think too, talking about a lot of the young people coming out of college, most people under the age of 30 have kind of come to terms that they'll never even own a home. Right. And I think that's also something, there's a certain level of bitterness, mm-hmm. I think too. And the fact that, oh, well, I worked hard. I went to college just like everyone told me to. I followed all the rules. And now nothing's coming out of it. And I know a lot of people like that. And there is a certain level of discomfort and bitterness and anger. But I'm just not sure that it's being directed in the ways that it should be directed. Right. Um, In healthy ways, as opposed to, you know, actually being able to come together and create something new out of this and being able to adapt there's a lot more anger than adaptability right now. Right. Um, yeah. And I, again, like I said, like I, I understand it. Um, but I wish a lot of people could understand that it's not any one person's fault. And yes, one way or another, you have to find a way to adapt. Mm-hmm. And I guess it, so that kind of gets me to like where I see the future going. I mean, honestly, right now, I feel like there's tens of thousands of jobs and maybe 500 openings. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of, oh, how, that's kind of how it looks to me from yeah. from what I see. I mean, there's a grand number of jobs that they're just on the internet. Nobody's hiring. Right. You know, they're open positions in air quotes, but nobody's actually really hiring for these positions. And that's really disheartening for people. Right. And... Um, you know, I've had a lot of people reaching out to me. I've had a lot of people reaching out to our team, trying yeah. to find every possible angle and avenue that they can 
use to be able to be employed or find find work in this industry. Yeah. At the very least, just get on the radar. Right. And yeah, that that's what's been really weird to me, honestly, is it's gotten to a point where I can't I can't respond to most of the messages. Even still to this day, we're not even hiring anymore. And I still see five to ten applicants like every day, <laughs> like reaching out to me and like either through like LinkedIn or using one of our other emails, um, mm-hmm. like on the site. And it's like I can't I can't respond to them uh because I, that would be my that would be my job at that point. I wouldn't be able to do anything just to respond. And I think that's another thing is that like everyone wants a response. And I get it. Like, I was there. I again even whenever I graduated I applied for well over 300 jobs. Yeah. And end up not getting I maybe I got like two or three interviews. But I didn't actually even want any of those jobs. I was just like I am yeah. don't want this. You're desperate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was I was legit applying for jobs at Best Buy and Micro Center because I was mm-hmm. like, all right, if I have to do something, like I'd like to be around computers, I guess. Um, and that, again, like that that took a toll, right? Like I there was many nights where there was tears of like I messed up, I did something wrong, and I don't even know what, because all throughout college, people were telling me that like I was doing good friends would say like, you're definitely getting a job. Like, shouldn't worry about it. And like, yeah. not that I was like arrogant in this in any way, but it was just like, I certainly didn't see that happening of going many months without finding work. Yeah. But that's sort of how it goes. Um, and um, so again, kind of getting into the future, I guess to go into the future, I'm going to look into the past a little bit of of what exactly happened. And during the 2007, 2008 housing crisis, everyone, a lot of people talked about how like the market, the stock market took a huge hit and just the economy took a huge hit. What nobody talks about is within two years, we were already doing better yeah, uh, economically in our country than we were before any of that stuff happened. Which is such a wild turnaround and completely right. unexpected. Right. And that that's also just kind of how this stuff works is, again, things aren't just bad forever. There's just sometimes there's just a period of time where things need to correct, basically, Mm -hmm. we'll say. And after that period, things start to pick up again. The reason that this industry is having problems right now, (laughs) I guess seems off topic, but I've been seeing a lot of speculation on why. And a lot of people are saying AI. We're not there yet. Maybe, no. maybe, maybe one day. It's not there yet. It's not taking jobs yet. No. Um, I mean, I see a lot of people with AI specialists in their LinkedIn page and they're right. all still looking for work. <laughs> right. That's no. that's not the, the secret to, I don't know, figuring any of this stuff out. Yeah. Um, really what it comes down to is budgets. Mm-hmm. We need the budgets to come back to a lot of companies for this stuff. Right now, yeah. they their budgets are being pulled back because they have a lot of uncertainty and they just don't have easy access to money. Mm-hmm. That will change. And I'm not going to say it's going to be next year. It could take a couple of years, honestly. I don't know. Uh, but things will start to swing in the other direction. 
And honestly, we want it to be a slow swing in the other direction. Because if it's a fast swing, we get what we just had, which is that exactly. overreaction to something. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, we, we hear about in the economy, they're, they're trying to go for a soft landing. We hear that kind of stuff. And honestly, like I see them actually doing it right now. And it's, it's yeah. quite incredible. And that's kind of what we're looking for here is that, yes, things have to get a little bit bad, but just so that we can slowly go up. If we go up too fast, we fly too close to the sun. We know mm-hmm. what happens then. Um, so I guess for me, I'm like, I, I'm always optimistic. I'm always hopeful, but like, I'm hopeful that the worst is already behind us. And now we've already started that upswing. Yep. And I guess that's why I'm saying like, I feel like everyone in the creative industry right now should actually be paying attention to the economy. They should be paying attention to when interest rates are increased. Yep. It's, I mean, it's something that it's, it's hard to care about, especially when you're younger, but it's so, there's such a story to be told every single time that something happens where yep. you can almost see what's in the future a little bit more. If they keep increasing it, jobs will be lost. Money will not be had. But when they start to decrease it, this country is going to go bananas uh, whenever that stuff starts going down. And again, my hope is that it's not this crazy um, spike, but it's kind of more of a gradual um, increase in budgets and spending. I honestly, I think it's really important, not even just for people in the creative industry, but just citizens in general to understand um, the economy and how those play out. Because the problem is, is I see a lot of people, especially young people calling for certain, you know, we need this, we need that in the economy. And it's like, okay, well, you need it to be slow. And Mm -hmm. I agree. There, there are some major, major issues within our economy, within the States. Um, But the issue is the main problem is we can't cause enough change um, fast enough for you know, what people are wanting to see. It has to be a gradual change. It has to be, you know, a slow adaptability because otherwise you're going to have another crash no matter what happens. I mean, obviously we have the difference in CEO to, you know, mid-range employee. We want to close that gap, right? In those, in those wage differences, but it can't happen overnight because you will have an economic collapse. Right. Yeah. So I guess going into this, so going into the future, I mean, that's, that's generally what happened. In 2008, I eventually got a job. I started seeing my friends getting jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, from that period of time, from like 2009 to 2020, was just a, a crazy run of good times. Yep. <laughs> um, and again, it's sort of like we've sort of hit this sort of hurdle uh, where we're stumbling right now as, as a country, mm-hmm. as an economy but we're starting to get back up. So again, I know that people are really frustrated by like, there's just not enough jobs. There's too many people applying for them. I'm certainly not saying like, okay, just don't even apply for those jobs, like apply for them. But you have to think about it a little bit more. Um, Because if you're spending your time just applying for every, every single job that pops up, that's not the right strategy. You're wasting your time. You're wasting somebody else's on the other end. Completely agree. Um, now, you know, I'm not saying that you need to completely rewrite your resume 
every single time you send it out. I'm not even saying you should write a cover letter. Honestly, to me, I don't care. I'll I'll read those things, but much later in the process. Yeah. Um, if I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's ever been any like words that have ever really convinced me necessarily when it comes to hiring an artist. Like mm-hmm. I, I need to see is their work there. Exactly. Does their does their work look like it fits in with the kind of work that we do on a normal basis? Does this look mm-hmm. like the kind of work that they would be really interested in doing? Yep. And there's you know the example that I used in my LinkedIn post was like I see so many loopable like dubstep videos of like this weird sci-fi stuff and those look cool, but I would never hire based on that because that's not what we do. Exactly. And like, if that's what you are interested in doing, that's great. There are people out there that will hire you for those things, but it's not going to be mm-hmm. me. So, you know, I say things like tailor your portfolio to the people that you are applying to. Um, a lot of people misconstrued that a little bit to say that they should make a brand new reel for every single person that you apply to. But really what I'm saying is you have to narrow down what it is that you want to do. And if it doesn't fit the company that you're applying to, you might be wasting your time. And if you get this job, you probably won't even like it. Exactly. So, and like, it's really easy for me to see that kind of stuff. Like see it in a portfolio. Will this person like the work that we have for them to do? Because I'm not hiring people that are going to be unhappy. That's, Mm -hmm. That's just not interested. And I'm not alone in that. A lot of studios are the exact same. Yep. Um, now I realize that like, uh, there's a lot of people out there that are like, well, I don't have, <clears throat> I don't have a whole lot of experience to do this stuff or like, all I have is this kind of work. And really it's like, okay, well, if you want to work, let's use made by things. For example, if you want to work mm-hmm. at made by things, um, then again, the work that you do should show the kind of work that would fit in with what we do. Yep. And um, if you are certain that you still want to work with us, but you don't have that portfolio, then you need to be spending time on that portfolio and creating those pieces that prove mm-hmm. your ability to, to do something like that. And we're not, we're not alone. Like made by things. Isn't the only studio that does this kind of work. There's, I don't know, maybe dozens, mm-hmm. but either way, if you spend the time to focus on one, well, then you start to realize that, okay, there's other companies too. It's not just yeah. one. So when I say one reel for one company, really what I'm saying is one reel for one style of work. Yep. So if I, if I go to a site and I see photography, video, 3D animation, 2D animation, stop motion, I can see all these things. And maybe even if you're good at those things, I still don't know what you're interested in. And that already exactly. positions you lower than somebody else that yeah. that it becomes very clear to see exactly what they want to do. We need to see that you have a passion for it because just right. because you're good at it, that's fine. You need to actually have a passion for it because it needs to be something that, you know, you want to stick with and you want to grow right. and understand and learn from. Right. And, and those are the, that's where we're at right now as an industry is that studios, again, the ones that are even hiring, have an opportunity to be very selective and we're going to take it. And I'm sorry. Like I know that might sound disheartening to some people, but really it shouldn't really what it's saying is, Hey, 
take the time to be a little bit more thoughtful with the places that you're applying to. Um, you know, there are certain things like, I, I also, in this post of mine, I listed off like things that people have done that has gotten my attention. These are not things that I'm suggesting that everyone goes out there and does. Mm-hmm. But if your goal is to get people's attention, hey, here's some ideas. Yep. I've had people take our logo and do an animation of it and just say, hey, looking for a job, like made this logo animation for you. That's pretty cool. Um, it's sort of like a pre-interview an unsolicited pre-interview mm-hmm. where we generally don't ask people to like test for positions. Um, if I'm uncertain in a certain area that I want somebody to work in and they don't have just enough proof of that, I might ask for something, but I generally mm-hmm. don't. Um, but if I see people that take the time to really like acknowledge who we are as a company, actually read through some of the posts that we make, listen to the podcast, like stuff like that. Like clearly you're doing your research and you earn a shot here for sure. Like, again, it's going to come down to the same thing as everyone else and come down to your work, your personality. And again, how how are you going to fit in the team? Right. It's ultimately it's going to come down to that no matter what you do. And, um, but if something can help you stand out a little bit more, it could be something that helps either in the really early stages or possibly even those really late stages. So if I'm trying to debate between two to three people and I'm like, you know what, this person right here, like they really showed that they like truly want to be here. Yep. And their work matches. Like if, if I'm at a point where I'm like, these people are even something like that gives someone the advantage for sure. And that's, that's what we all have to be doing is looking for those advantages where we can find them. And again, I'm not saying do this for everyone, but I'm saying if there's a select few places that you know you want to work at, that's not like Pixar or Google, something crazy. Like that's silly. Don't do that. I mean, apply if you want, but <laughs> if you're just starting out, it's going to be even harder to do that. Yeah. Uh, were you going to say something? I was, but now a plane is going over me, so I'm sorry if you can hear that. But I think something that we've kind of moved away from as a society, and this makes me really sad, is the idea of self-study. I think that everyone should be taking time for themselves to better either their work or themselves personally, or just be able to take time to, to study something you're interested in. And when it comes to applying to jobs, and this is something I did, I would sit there and study every single place I was applying to. I wanted to learn the background because if I got an interview, I wanted to be able to talk about those things. And I mean, that was something I did at Made by Things because I applied on like a Thursday and then you emailed me on a Monday and I, I'd sent in a cover letter. So I did a little bit of research. We were like, do you want to meet later that day? So I'm sitting there. I'm like, I got to learn everything right now. <laughs> Stock maths, LinkedIn. I'm going through the entire website. I got to know every little detail. It's like, I want to be able to talk about those things, why I'm passionate about working here, right? Mm-hmm. And that I appreciate the work. I mean, it's, it's a very simple thing to do. It doesn't take that long to just browse through a website and see what, what is a company passionate about. So if they have a good website, it's pretty easy to tell. 
So when you are applying to those places, and I mean, especially for writers, something I think about, if you're trying to write scripts, right? Sending good quality scripts when you're doing it. If you're trying to be a copywriter, send a good copyright. I mean, being able to just tailor what you already have isn't that hard. It's just being able to be selective with the work and know what to put forward for these different jobs. It's the same thing with animation. If you're applying for a 2D animation position, don't send them a bunch of 3D. Right. Right. You know, people think that like, well, okay, well, I have like nine different tabs and they can click on whatever they want to see and that's it. It's not helpful. No, it's not because I still see that other stuff. And to me, I'm like, wait, how is this arranged? Is this all arranged in what they would like to do? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I say this because I'm guilty of the same thing. I did the same things. Yep. And it's it's really difficult because you think that um, the more people you can appeal to, the better you'll be the better off you'll be. And that's not actually the case. If you focus on a smaller art audience, you can speak to them much clearer. It's the same way that we create content for the clients that we work with. It's the same deal, just on a much smaller scale of you as an individual have to be looking at a specific target audience, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so obvious to me whenever I see people that just, again, spray their resume around, I can tell within minutes um, just by looking at their work or even their resume, like, okay, clearly they didn't actually read the position here. Mm -mm. And so what you were saying, Shelby, of like, you did your research and looked into that stuff. That is not my expectation. As somebody that hires, my expectation is not that this person must do all this research and do all these things. But what my expectation, (laughs) well, that's what I'm saying is like, it's up to you. You get to decide how far Mm -hmm. you want to take things to prove your passion for something. So again, like, you know, whenever I write like, Hey, make a a reel for people specifically, or, you know, do an animation test of some kind that shows your ability. Those are not expectations. Those are just things that prove you're passionate about it. It goes beyond that. Right. Um, yeah, so that's what well, I kind of take like the same principles when I was applying for, for grad school, I didn't just send out the same cover letter to every single grad school that I was applying to. I switched it up because they were different programs. I mean, I was applying to screenwriting programs and then also like film theory programs and you can't just use the same cover letter for everything. So I did look specifically, like, for instance, like looking at Austin, right? Austin, Texas, their specialty is comedy. So you're not going to go into a cover letter saying, I want to write serious drama. You're going to go in there. You're going to talk about the comedy program and everything else there. So it's it's a very different – it's just being able to understand exactly what you're applying for and taking that into account when you are sending sending information off and sending your reels, which I don't think is – I don't think that that's an expectation that should be you know taken in the wrong way. I think it's just being prepared. Right. Right. I, I think it's also weird. So, you know, we had the uh, the great resignation, right? I think it's mm-hmm. worth talking about that because I think that has probably a lot to do with some things yeah. where there was a lot of power given to employees. Mm-hmm. You had your option to do whatever you wanted to do. You could jump anywhere, do whatever you wanted to do. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that's happening right now is I don't want to say the power has shifted. I, I, 
as a business owner, I always believe the power should be with the employees, right? Yep. Um, and maybe that's just from, from my background, the places that I've worked, that's just generally how I feel. Now, I, so I do think there has been a shift though, where people are like, wait a minute, like y'all wanted me last year and now nobody does like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I mean, all, all we can do at this point is, is try to figure out how to move forward. And I think that's what it is. Like there's a lot of competition right now. So you have to figure out what is your advantage here. And there, there's a lot of different things that you can, you can do. Right. Um, but what I would say is like, yeah, the bare minimum right now is hitting submit on someone's website, mm-hmm. uh, for a job. That's the bare minimum. That might be enough. Truly. It could be enough. If you are good enough and a perfect match for a company, that might be all you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have to keep in mind you're competing against a lot of people. And again, just like, just like I, I always go back to sports on a lot of this stuff. But what do those people do, right? It's, it's, they don't just show up every Sunday and play football. Like that's not how it works. Yeah, they're working at this stuff constantly, and it's that work that they do that gives them the, that opportunity to be able to play football on a Sunday, right? Yeah. And again, not trying to compare what we do to. football but that's that's where my mind goes because it's like this stuff takes it takes work yep now i guess more specific advice if you are somebody that just recently graduated school um and you're not being able to get any opportunities you need to be looking for internships even if you've already done four internships look for another one right now obviously a paid internship would be swell (laughs) <laughs> but if you have to take an unpaid internship right now, I do it. Don't don't be afraid to take it. That that actually gets into something that I've noticed as well, especially in film, mm-hmm. um, is that a lot of the people that I've seen graduating are. I don't want to say this. I, I this is not to say I don't want to get in trouble for this. This isn't mean, okay? This is not mean. I just an observation. Okay. Ready to cancel Shelby? Kind of, I know cancel Shelby. There's a little bit of a snobby attitude, and it bothers me. Um, I've seen a lot of film students graduate and say, "Well, I'm never going to work on anything for a client. I'm never going to do broadcasts. I'm never going to do commercials. I will only work on narrative cinema." And it's like, that is the worst attitude that you can have coming into this economy, right. especially those graduating into a strike. Right. Um, you know, film workers are unhappy right now. There are going to continue to be strikes. There, this is, this is just the first wave of it. Right. Um, and the thing is, is, not everyone is going to be able to get those opportunities right out of the bat. And sometimes, I mean, I, I did this when I first got out. I worked the not dream job. You know, I was doing, you know, very basic level work and I wasn't, you know, really happy doing it, but it was that first job. And sometimes you have to, when you get out of school, you have to take the unpaid internship. You have to take the job that you don't necessarily want to do, but it gives you experience. And honestly, those jobs can teach you more than any dream job ever could. Right. Because you learn what you want and where you want to be too. So that's something that 
I mean, obviously, that's two very different sides of the people that are applying for literally anything and everything versus those who are holding out for those perfect jobs. Sometimes they just don't exist. And you have to still be able to get that that momentum and that experience to be able to find those jobs later on. Right. I I think the word momentum, I think, is is a really good word to use in this kind of situation. Now, I, I myself did an unpaid internship. And again, I'm not going out there saying like, oh, yeah, everybody should work for free, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you have to you have to look at the opportunities that you have and you have to try to figure out a way. Again, what is your competitive advantage? Anybody that. When, when you intern for someone and then they end up like trying to hire for that position, you've already basically done the long interview. They already know yep. everything about you. You're already at an advantage at that point. So like, no, the goal is not to give people work for free. The goal is to be top of the list whenever they do hire. Exactly. Um, and again, just having, having a portfolio that says specifically that, yeah, you are, you were made to work at this place. Um, again, whenever I see stuff like that, it gets my attention every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to add before we go into final thoughts? No, I think that's like we can run into it. All right. Let's hear your final thoughts then. Final thoughts. Um, I think this is a difficult time to be going in and finding a job, um, with layoffs, with people newly graduating. Um, I think it is a challenging time, but I think that requires <clears throat> a certain level of mindfulness coming into it. Um, I think you're allowed to be aggressive, but be smart about it. Take your time, um, be strategic, and you know, don't don't get on the internet and be angry then after you don't get a position or if the opportunity doesn't come to you, or if you do see a criticism, I think the best thing to do right now is be able to take in as much criticism as, and learn as much as possible. Um, so that way you can, you know, get better. And hopefully once we get through this little, this little stint and we move into the other side, you are able to get that job and you're better, you're better prepared to be able to do it because you have learned from, from this time. That's good. Yeah, I, I would say something really similar. It's I, I know that things are difficult right now. And I know it because I've been there. Yep. Um, and I guess what I would say is like, if you are somebody looking for a job right now, um, finding a job is your job. Mm-hmm. Even if you have to work somewhere else to just pay some bills, then you have two jobs. Um, and that's, that's not a position that anybody wants to be in, but sometimes that's how it works. Yep. And, um, again, like I, that's, I, I look back at, at like my parents, for example, like that's very much the life that they live just to make things work, just to be able to pay mm-hmm. bills there's been times where our electric got shut off. Like there's times where my cell phone would just stop working and it was embarrassing. People would call me and be like, Hey, it said on there that like, you didn't pay your bill or something like that. It's like, damn yeah. it. Like just like little stuff like that. And like, I'm not saying we were like a poor family, but 
what I am saying is like my my parents did whatever they had to do to make it work and you know they would sorry this is turning into a podcast about my parents now but like my mom would work during the days my dad would work at nights and like so that we had somebody to watch us like like they did stuff like that and I always like think about that it's like that's that's incredible um mm-hmm. and it it's kind of, it, it is disheartening, right? Cause I get it. Like I get where people are at and people are having those same dilemmas right now, especially if they have kids, they have to figure out how to survive. Yep. But I promise you that if you want to get in a creative position right now, you have to be creative. Yes. Again, there's so much competition out there right now and you need to find a way to figure out how to stand out. And that's, it's not an easy thing to do, but I, I, it doesn't, it takes more than 20 minutes in there during the day. It takes hours. It could take weeks. Yep. But again, it's your job. And until you figure out what that thing is, you just have to keep trying. And, um, I don't know, like there's, you're going to find a lot of things don't work. Trying to message people on LinkedIn right now. It doesn't work super well. No trying to email the employees of a company that you want to work at um, <laughs> and indirectly sort of asking for conversations and jobs, it's not going to work. Right, Mm-mm. Shelby? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and, but I'd still say that you should explore every possibility right now. Don't be afraid to be wrong on what's going to work and what's not going to work. <clears throat> Cause what's, you know, if, if someone comes out there, an influencer comes out there and says, Oh yeah, you need to, in order to get a job, you need to send a LinkedIn message. Great. Now we have 10,000 people sending LinkedIn messages. So you have mm-hmm. to find something that's different than what is being offered out there. Yeah. Well, and it gives the same kind of vibe as like, you know, a boomer telling you to just walk into a place with your resume in hand. Right. It's just not how it works. Right. I mean, you have to find something that works for you personally too. Most of us are not comfortable picking up the phone and calling people. But if somebody, I'm not going to say this. (laughs) As I say, somebody called me, I wouldn't answer. But um, if if we had an (laughs) office, if we had an office and they called, I would be listening, right? Like, I wouldn't answer the phone again, but like somebody else, maybe. (laughs) And what I'm saying is that not many people are going to do that. Sorry, I'm losing my voice here. Um, So you have to try to find the things. What is nobody else doing right now that you could do to stand out? Yep. Standing out is just part of this, right? The other part is you have to have the work. You have to be able to prove your ability with the work that you have. If you're not getting callbacks, but you think you're standing out, there's a good chance your portfolio is not good enough. Yeah. So keep working at it. Your full-time job is now to keep building your portfolio and keep making stuff. Um, you still have to keep applying for jobs. Like keep finding finding those places. What are those dream places that you'd like to work at? Now, what are the tiers under that, under those places that are similar work, but they're not as high notoriety? Notoriety. Because those are the places that you should really be paying attention to. Mm-hmm. 
Like, yes, everybody wants to work at the places that have thousands of people working at them. Sure. But find the places that have 10 people working at them. Find the places that are just two people. Um, you'll have much better chances at places like that, that are smaller, especially if it's something that you're trying to get through, um, work at as to, to start your career. Yeah. And I guess the last thing is, again, don't be afraid to <clears throat> work on things that are not paid, whether those are collaborative projects or if they are unpaid internships. Mm-hmm. If that's what you need to do to be able to f- find a way to stand out and to build experience. I don't know. I mean, it's uncomfortable. Everyone's uncomfortable. But if this is... To me, it's just one of the, the easiest things that, that we can do as creatives to get attention, to get noticed, is to create something that's great and put it out there so people can see it. All right, I'll leave it there. Well, I hope you enjoyed uh, this episode of The Command Z Show. Shelby, I know you did. I definitely did, for sure. <laughs> um if there's anything else that you'd love for us to to go in depth into, go to the site. Commandz.show, I think is the URL. I don't know. The end yeah, thing sure. I'm pretty sure says it. Yeah, commandz.show. That's right. Yep. And uh yeah. Uh thank thanks for for listening this long and I love you bye. The Command Z Show is created by Made by Things. And if you have a question you would like us to discuss, you can send a message at cmdz.show. And if you like what you hear, leave a review. We'll see you next week with a brand new show.